Okay, everybody, I'm re- welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the IKP, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. New week, same conditions. Uh, we, I hope everybody is practicing social distancing. Uh, we're going to get some quarterback talk. Um, you know, we got the draft coming up, uh, you know, some big news out of Miami, or I don't know if it's not, it's not big news, but there's some, there's some concern in Miami. Um, we're going to talk about Baker. We're going to talk about the Chicago's Bears, uh, coming out finally saying that, uh, hey, it's open competition. It, it, I was waiting for that. Um, so without further ado, let's get it. Let's get ready. Um, I catch you guys at the quick break. I'll see you guys. Okay, so I hope all is well. All is well for everybody that's listening. Um, to just everybody in general. I hope all is well. But um, last week to end the podcast, uh, and I did a Q and A last night um, around nine thirty ish. I did a Q and A. Uh, you guys, you know, you guys can if you had notifications, you guys could have got that and um, asked me some questions on the um, on the air. But um, so last week. Uh, to end the you know the end of the week, I talked about uh, the top the top rosters in football uh, going into the draft uh, after free agency. Looking at all the free agency moves because most of the big time free agents already signed. So just looking at the moves that have been made, looking at the moves that has transpired, I gave you guys my top six rosters in football. Uh, the AFC North is stacked. The AFC North is stacked. I I I already talked about my concerns with Joe Burrow if he is drafted by Cincinnati. Um, that, that that's going to be hell. But I want to. I, I talked about another team, which was Cleveland, and you guys might be surprised because I gave I thought Cleveland did a really good job uh, this off season. With not even not even with the signing of Austin Hooper, because I would I didn't I don't I, I mean I, to be honest I really didn't care about that signing. That signing was uh it, it was practically I'm not gonna say practically irrelevant, but they already have a star tight end in David Njoku. So didn't did that, that didn't really phase me. I wanted to see what they were gonna do on the offensive line. They they needed help on the offensive line, and I I wanted to see what moves that that you know what moves were they gonna make to improve that offensive line. Uh, and, and this is going to lead to my point about Baker. And I saw a question, hey, is Baker worth, was he, was Baker worth being the number one pick? Now, you guys, I don't know if you, you, you know, if you follow me, you know, if you know me, you know me. But when Baker got drafted, uh, you know, he was in the same draft class as Sam Donald, uh, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. He's in that same draft class. 
And it seems like Josh Allen, I mean, it's, it's, well, we can, we can just go one by one of those quarterbacks and what I think about them and how I feel. But it seems like Josh Rosen, uh, a pocket passer, that, you know, the league, the big-time quarterbacks, the, t- the quarterbacks that, you know, that experienced a lot of success last year uh, just was not in the pocket. Uh, so Josh Rosen, his, his play style, I think, is it's a little older. It's, it's very Eli Manning-esque, but um, he's a pocket passer, not really athletic. He, he shows no mobility. Um, so I, I don't know if he's going to pan out. Um, but yeah, Miami's definitely looking for a quarterback. Uh, I look at a guy like Josh Allen. He had a great year. Uh, basically the same things we said out of the draft. Great talent. When Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, we always said great talent, great arm talent. He has a cannon, but he's raw. And last year, even though he had a good year and Buffalo had a good year overall, we did we did still we, we saw some of those spots where he's raw and he's a he's a working product. But he does have a lot of upside, and I like what I'm seeing from Josh Allen and Buffalo. They continue to put the right pieces around him. Uh, they they gave him Stephon Diggs. That's gonna that's gonna that's a significant upgrade. He has a real number one receiver now. Uh, with Lamar Jackson, of course, we all know what happened. Uh, we all know what what, what, what kind of year he had. A great year. Um, you know, had a great year, all time year, MVP type season. Broke a lot of records. Uh, nothing not, nothing to be said there. And then that leaves me with Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield. Um, Donald, I thought should have been the number one pick. I thought Donald was more buttoned up. I thought Donald was more mature. Now I do get Baker played. He, you know, Baker had way more college experience than Sam Donald. Um, Donald had a good freshman year. Sophomore year was a little rocky and shaky. But USC, we we've seen what happened to this USC program. Uh, the USC program has gone down tremendously. So I, I can't I can't blame that on that one kid. Uh, because the program itself, which is a historic program and storied program, has gone down itself. Um, now with Sam Donald, I don't think, and I, and I like, I still, I'm still rooting for Sam Donald. Um, but with Sam Donald, I feel like I had, you know, when I did my quarterback tiers, I, it's too, it's too early to judge him because I feel like he, like I said, mature kid. He's, I, th- I, in, in some forms, I think he's a little bit more mature. Then his coach, Adam Gates, I think he, 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 he comes off to be a little bit more mature than Adam Gates is. So that is a problem. Uh, the Jets have been terrible, even though the Browns have been terrible as well. But at least the Browns have put some type of talent around Baker. That has not been the same case for Sam Donald. I know he has Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was not Le'Veon Bell last year. Uh, the offensive productivity... Uh, just from the offense period was stagnant and it stunk. Their offense stunk. It's it, it, you know when 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 Sam Donald uh you know he missed a few games early on in the year. Offense was was bad. They were the Jets were a bad watch. Um and the weapons, the receivers, the guys that he had on the outside. You know Ro, you know Robbie Anderson. They lost him in free agency. So I don't know what the Jets. I don't know what Sam Donald has to work with. Flip side the Baker, Baker is a guy. I I I told I tell you guys all this. I tell you guys this all the time when I'm when I'm talking about Baker and what I talked about Baker last year and the Browns last year. What happened last year with the Browns? 
I don't bl- I'm not gonna blame it all on Baker, but he's the quarterback, he's the face of the franchise. You gotta take some of the blame. Now, I thought John Dorsey made some bad decisions in the front office. I thought he made some bad and immature mis- decisions with, you know, uh, you know, trading your offense of your best offense, your best you trade your best pass op- pass protecting offensive lineman for Olivier Vernon who did crap. He did nothing. His per- his productivity was nothing. It was zero. So I, that that was a bad move. Um, the trade for Odell, it's a flashy toy, but uh, you didn't need Odell. But, okay, you got him. But with John Dorsey, and then you hired Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was not cut for the job. So I give 50% of the blame to John Dorsey. I give 25% to, um, to, to Freddie Kitchens. And then I give the other 25% of blame to Baker Mayfield. Because Baker had so many commercials. It ticked me off. He had so many commercials. The dude had more commercials than wins. He was a turnover machine last year. Completion percentage, 59. So he's not so so and this and this and mind you, coming out of coming out of Oklahoma, Baker, Baker, Baker coming out of Oklahoma, Baker. He was accurate. He was really accurate. And that's what, that's what I thought was a strength of his. I thought Baker's accuracy was a strength. I knew he was not the most athletic. People overrate his athleticism. Now, we saw last year, it was a come to Jesus. Everybody saw Baker is not as athletic as you think. So, he's not athletic. I thought one of his strengths was accuracy. It's not. Also, coming out of the draft with Baker, I thought another one of his strengths were not turning over the football and being able to read defenses. Well, the two strengths that I thought Baker had, it didn't show last year. He had a fifty. He was he he had a fifty-nine completion percentage, and he threw twenty-one interceptions. So uh, and he's not the most athletic guy. So when I'm looking at Baker, is he worth the number one pick? I didn't think it was the number one pick. I didn't. I, I quite frankly didn't. Honest. I honestly did not think it was number one pick. Uh, with the no, I'm not even gonna talk about the antics because you guys are probably tired of me talking about the antics and bringing it up. But I'm not even gonna talk about the antics. But with Baker, I thought his two strengths were his were probably his biggest weaknesses last year on the field. And then the things he says in the media doesn't help. The way how he acts. And portray himself after the game doesn't help. So you got all these adding factors, and you, you give me this: you, you went six and ten last year. You went six and ten last year, and you give me all of this. I I I just don't know what to say. I I don't know what to say. And I look at a guy like Sam Donald, and I wonder what would Sam Donald be doing if he had. Odell and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. What would he be doing with this with the, with these weapons? We are, that that's 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 one question that we'll never get the answer to. Because I I seriously I highly doubt if Sam Donald 
ever get weapons like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, all on the same team? I, I, I doubt that. I doubt that. I, I highly doubt that he get those level of caliber players. But I just hope the Jets do their due diligence in trying to put the proper pieces in front of Sam Donald. So with Baker being the number one pick, never agree with it. But I said, hey, okay. He had a great rookie year. Everybody likes to go back to that rookie year. Great rookie year. But you want to be honest, the turnovers were still there. He threw 14 interceptions in 13 games. The turnovers are still there. And there's some, there's some blur there. You know, the, his stats, let me say, we, I came up with a phrase with, you know, when guys are stat padding. I call it the Kirk Cousins. Because that's all Kirk Cousins did with the Redskins. He stat padded. He put up great numbers. Dak did, it la- Dak did it a little bit last year, too. Dak will put up, you know, you look at the box score, and you're like, oh, my God, Dak threw for 330 and four touchdowns. Well, no. His team was trailing. Dallas had to throw the ball a lot. That's how he got a gazillion yards. But that's what I think that's a little bit what Baker did. Because most of the half of his wins, his rookie year, came against Cincinnati. Came against bad teams. And most of his touchdowns came against Cincinnati. So I'm looking. At Baker, I don't know what to say. I don't know what you guys want me to say. Sorry. But was he was he worth the number one pick? Mm, mm, I don't know. Also, Saquon Barkley was in that draft as well. Just saying. You know, nobody takes a running back at number one, though. But I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Sam Donald, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield, those were the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round of that draft. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at Baker. You tell me. In the 2018 draft. I also say, I also, I also, and I had these, these are my same concerns with Joe Burrow. Because Baker, he was a two-time walk-on. He had two great years of Oklahoma. What took you so long? He's a five-year college guy. What took you so long? Just saying. I'm very skeptical of I'm I'm very skeptical of quarterbacks that you know two time walk on, and I love the story because it's a, it, it it brings a great story. But I I'm, I'm I'm skeptical of them. I'm very skeptical of stories like this of quarterbacks like this walk on, two time walk on, five year starter. And then have this one, like he has one great year or two great. I'm very skeptical of that. But, you know, just looking at Baker, I'm, you know, this will be the, this will be the, this season will, wait, this will be a big season for Baker's career. Because if he produced numbers like he did last year, three years in, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be, we, 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 we got to have some difficult conversations in Cleveland that I know some of these Cleveland, Brown, Cleveland Browns fans don't want to have because they love Baker. But if he produces another season like this, 22 touchdowns, 21 deceptions, 59 completion percentage, 
3,800 yards in a 6-10 and 10 record, we're going to be having some tough conversations. We're going to have some tough conversations. And I'm not, I'm not, some of you guys may think I'm, you know, letting Sam Donald off the hook. I'm not letting Sam Donald off the hook. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm seeing what Sam Donald, and I'm comparing what Sam Donald has to work with in comparison to Baker. And, you know, I know both of them play for two dysfunctional franchises, two franchises that have, don't, don't, that don't have a story background of winning. But, at this moment in time, I'm not talking about the past. I'm talking about right now. And in this right now moment, Baker has a much better supporting cast. And it's not even close. It's night and day. Sam Donald has Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Brent, Baker Mayfield has Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt behind him, along with two number ones and two top t- and two really good tight ends. Sam Donald doesn't have that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not letting Sam Don off the hook, but I'm just I, I I I'm just trying to add some context, and I'm just trying to compare what Baker has and what Sam Donald is working with. Sam Donald, yeah, both of them have had some coaching issues because Freddie Kitchens. I never thought he was the guy. Never thought he was the guy that was ready for this type of job with Cleveland and all the egos and all the players that he had to deal with. Deal with Adam Gase. I don't know. He snorts coke. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Baker just. I mean, Sam Donald. And most times when I hear them talk, I often think Sam Donald's the coach because he's more mature. So I don't know. Sam and Adam Gates hasn't been fired yet. So I don't know what to say about that. But I, I catch you guys on the other side after this quick break. Okay, so welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Let's get it, let's get it. Um, so the Chicago Bears came out, the executive Chicago Bears came out and said, okay, they traded for Nick Foles. We already saw that coming. They traded for Nick Foles, and they basically said, it's a quarterback competition. They're finally having a quarterback competition in Chicago. I've been told you guys, Mr. Trubisky was not the guy. Um, Mr. Trubisky, low completion percentage guy, arm talent, uh, Shaky up, I was really critical of him coming out of North Carolina. I don't now, mind you, in that same draft, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson was there for Chicago to take. Patrick Mahomes, uh, a little bit like Justin, a little bit like, little bit like Jordan Love. He had great arm talent, but teams saw him as being raw. Now, with Deshaun Watson, we all know he was coming off of Back-to-back national titles appearances versus Alabama. And then his last year, he beat Alabama. So, I'm looking. We, so, we, I, I didn't think Deshaun Watson was an A prospect uh, because there was, some, there was some, you know, some red flags or some issues that, that was there. He wasn't an A prospect quite. 
But he was a formidable, I thought he was a B-plus prospect, and I didn't think Mitch Trubisky was better than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had put the nation, he had put the world on notice on how good he was, especially the two performances, you know, beating Alabama and then, you know, losing to Alabama or losing Alabama then beating Alabama, vice versa. He did, he was absolutely phenomenal. But I'm glad that Chicago is finally coming out and saying, hey, Mitch Trubisky, with, with, this, with this open quarterback competition, with, the, with them bringing out this news, what they're basically saying is, we know that Mitch Trubisky's not the guy. That's why we brought in Nick Foles. They're telling you it. Anytime the GM drafted the guy and drafted the quarterback, and, and now is saying, what, three, three, three and a half years later, he's now saying that this guy, he, he's not the guy? Then that, th- 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 that's the point. Four years later, he's saying this is not the guy, and this is why they brung in Nick Foles. Um, Nick Foles is mo- I, if I if I, was a, if I was a betting man, I would probably say Nick Foles is the starting quarterback in September for the Chicago Bears. But hey, remember remember you Chicago Bears fans, you didn't want to say that. You didn't you, you didn't want to say that. You did not want to say that Mr. Trubisky was not the guy. But now in private conversations and in privacy. You know he's the guy. You know he's not the guy anymore. You know that. And I've been I've been saying this for I I, I thought with with the, the with the the good the one good season that he had semi, I thought Matt Nagy was a big part of that because Matt Nagy is a great offensive mind. I thought he was a, he's a brilliant offensive mind. And even with Matt Nagy being being a brilliant offensive mind, it still can't it still can't overcome. It can't overshadow the glaring weaknesses and the glaring deficiencies of, of Mitchell Trubisky. It's still not going to be able to overcome those things. Now, with a guy like Nick Foles, I, I'm not huge on Nick Foles like everybody else is because I do. I, you gotta you gotta look at you gotta look at contacts. You gotta add contacts to the situation. Nick Foles started in the position of Carson Wentz with a really with a loaded Philly team that was healthy, that was with full, that was had a lot of momentum on its side. I still like Nick Foles. The Chicago Bears roster is pretty. It's 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 okay. They they have some holes. I don't think it's a playoff team, but I think Nick Foles would do a much better job than Mitch Trubisky. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is cut out to be a starting quarterback in this league with high expectations because that's what people have for Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Coming off of their what 11 win season the year before last, a lot of people had a lot, a lot of people had some high expectations for Chicago. I didn't because. I looked at their division. Minnesota has a pretty good roster, like what they have um, with with Mike Zimmer. And then Aaron Rodgers was not healthy the year before last. Aaron Rodgers was healthy last year. They went thir- the Packers went thirteen and three. The Packers also went out and got in, you know, upgraded in free agency, which, which they rarely do. So I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see Chicago being a playoff team. And then speaking of playoffs and the NFC. I'm going to bring you guys, because I, I think I did this a couple times last year um, before the football season started, but I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to predict my playoff teams as of right now. NFC teams that I think are playoff teams. I'm going to go through, the, I'm going to go through all four divisions, and I'm going to give you my playoff teams from each division. Um, there's, I think there's a total down 
there's a total of seven playoff teams now that are eligible for the playoffs. I'm going to go with that. Um, so I'm going to give you that right now. Okay, now mind you, this is pre-draft, uh, and this is after free agency. I'll be Obviously, as we get closer to the NFL season, these might change. But as of right now, here it goes. <clears throat> We're going to first start off in the NFC East. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, they are not, in my opinion, they are not a playoff team. They're very top-heavy. The Cowboys, yes. Very top heavy. They have some suit. They have some. They have some star players, and they're. I think. I mean, it, are they a playoff roster? Could they be a playoff roster? Could I be wrong? Yes, but as of right now, I don't think they're better than these seven teams. Um, overall, I just don't think they're better than these seven teams. They went eight and eight last year. They uh they have a new coach that I like. I, I like Mike McCarthy, but they have a new coach. With no OTAs, they still have the Dak contract saga still over their heads. Um, they also lost some key contributors to offense and defense last year. They lost uh, Robert Quinn, their sack leader. They lost uh, they, they 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 lost Travis Frederick, Hall of Fame level center. Uh, they lost Randall Cobb, their third receiver. You know their slot receiver. They uh they 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 have lost a lot. They have lost uh safety and Jeff Heap Jeff Heap. So I think um, they, they, they have a lot of stars, and they have a lot of stars on contract, very similar to the Rams. But if those stars get hurt, they, the, the Cowboys are done because their depth is not very good at all. I don't see them being a playoff team this year. That's just my opinion. I see them more as a – they're a 9-7 and seven team, a 9-7 and seven team. Uh, Next, the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are not a playoff team. This is obvious. They are in a rebuild. They have a new coach of Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera, he will try to build and he, he will like he will try to build a culture, but I don't think they are good enough to be a playoff team. I like the, I really like their front seven. That's probably the best that's probably the best unit of their team. But I don't see the I don't see the Redskins being a playoff team. Uh they have to figure out who's gonna be their quarterback. Their quarter that 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 is still in question, who is they gonna who who like is Dwayne is Dwayne Haskins ready to be that franchise level guy that they need him to be? So I don't think they are a playoff team. The New York Giants, the New York Giants, I like them, but I don't think they're a playoff team neither. Um, they're in a they're in a tough division uh, with the Cowboys having a talented roster and the Eagles having a talented roster. Uh, the Giants, they have a first year head coach, young quarterback. O-line, uh, it, it get, it's getting a little bit better. I like what they have um, on the, their front seven. Um, they, can, they can definitely show up their secondary and get Daniel Jones another receiver. That would, that, that would, definitely, help, um, that would definitely help Daniel Jones and his development, but I like where the Giants are heading. I like where they're going, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles are a playoff team. They added Darius Slay to their defensive back, to their secondary, uh, which was probably their worst position last year. And it's been, it's, been a, it's been a position where they've been lacking for a minute now, but they added Darius Slay. I like that acquisition. Their O-line, solid. Jason Peters, they got to replace that left tackle position. Uh, Carson Wentz is coming off one of his best seasons of his career. Love with he's the he, they have the best quarterback in their division. I think they will win their division. 
Uh, they got they also got some they got some picks to play around with. So I think they'll draft a receiver to give Carson Wentz a deep threat. Um, so they can really stretch the field, and the offense isn't. So their offense is not limited. I think the Eagles they they they, they ended the year off really well. They ended up they ended the year off with a bang. I like where they're heading. I I can and also they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFC. So you're taking that all into account. Good old line defense is solid. They got their secondary getting better. You add weapons. And, the, you know, to to expand your offense, I can see the Eagles being an 11-win team this year. Um, NFC North, the Chicago Bears. No, we just talked about this. The Chicago Bears. I don't see them as a as a as a playoff team. They had they only get this in the last 10 years. The Chicago Bears have made the playoffs once. Uh, that was that was two years ago. I think the Chicago Bears. They're not a playoff team. I like their defense. Offensively, don't love it. I don't know what to come. I don't know what's to come out of that. Um, let's just start at the quarterback position. Also, O line, O line lost Cal Long. He retired. Also, they have no first round picks to really play with, uh, or to add, or to you know help buffer their O line. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from. Um, I don't like what I'm seeing from the Chicago Bears. I and they're in a tough division. I don't think they're a playoff team. Um. The Minnesota Vikings. I do think the Minnesota Vikings are a playoff team. I do get that they lost Everson Griffin. I do get that they lost Stephon Diggs. They still have they still have some good receivers on that roster. Good tight end. I still think the Vikings have a top ten roster in football. Um, you add Mike Zimmer, who's a great defensive mind, and I think this I think this Vikings team is still a playoff team. Um, not not gonna not gonna go as far as that. But I do think they are still a playoff team. Vikings. Green Bay Packers. I do think the Green Bay Packers are a playoff team. Once again, they lost Blake Martinez, but they still have the Smith brothers who were really productive for them last year. Uh, young team. Offensive line, pretty good. They lost Brian Beluga. Uh, but I still, like the, I still like the Packers. They have the best quarterback in the division. Second, Aaron Rodgers' second year with Matt LaFleur. I think it will be better. I think it will I think things will be better and I like where the Packers are going. I think they have the best they have the best uh they have the best quarterback. They don't have the best roster, but they have the best quarterback and I'm going to give them a bit of benefit of the doubt. I think they're a playoff team. The Detroit Lions, hell no. The the Lions are not a playoff team. Uh Matthew Stafford has missed the playoffs for the I, I, I can't remember the last time he made the playoffs. Uh, the Matt Stafford has never won a division. Matt Patricia, as a coach of the Lions, is nine twenty-two and one. I do not see them being a playoff team. They're in rebuild mode. To me, that's just me. I think they're in rebuild mode. Uh, who's next? NFC West. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They're they they're really close. The Cardinals are really close. But I don't think they're a playoff team. I can really see the Cardinals being an eight and eight, nine and seventeen. But their division is too deep and too good. I like what they have done um, this during the off season. You know, the big time acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. I think will fervor, and um, you know, it would help Kyler Murray greatly. It would help him greatly in his development. So I do like where they're going. I do like what they're heading. 
uh, Clean Kingsbury, second-year coach, second-year coach in Kyler Murray in the NFL as an Arizona Cardinal. I do think the Cardinals get better, but their division is too good. Um, now, here, here's what I'm talking about. The 49ers. The 49ers, I do think, are a playoff team. With Kyle Shanahan, you give him another year with Jimmy Garoppolo under, belt, under his belt. Um, that defense, they still have, they practically have the same defense. They will have to, you know, show up that defensive back that, you know, their DBs. But I still like the 49ers as a playoff team. I still think they have one of the best rosters in football. Um, they, you know, they, they're probably, they, you know, they have a good draft pick. I'm sure, I'm sure John Lynch would do, you know, make the best, de- make the best decision as possible. I do still see the 49ers as a playoff team, and it would not surprise me if they win 11 or 12 games again this year. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, yes, they are a playoff team. They have, they have been a playoffs team. The Seattle Seahawks have been a playoff team ever since they got Russell Wilson. They're going to continue to make they're going to continue to make playoff runs as long as they have Russell Wilson and Pete Curl. It helps that they have Pete Curl. They have an A coach, A quarterback. They have the best coach and quarterback tandem in their division. They will make the playoffs no matter what. Seattle will make the playoffs. Um, the LA Rams. I don't think they're a playoff team. Once again, the LA Rams, they remind me of the Cowboys. Star heavy, top heavy, not a lot of depth. If you take Aaron Donald away from that defense, what do they have? If, they, if, they, if you take Aaron Donald away from their defense, who are the Rams defensively? I don't know because they don't have much depth. Uh, they lost. They, they, who's, the, who's the outside linebacker? They lost Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, he was really productive for them. So I don't see the Rams as a playoff team. I do not see them as a playoff team. NFC South, this is going to be interesting as well. The Carolina Panthers. I like the Carolina Panthers. I like what they're surrounding or what I think they're going to surround Teddy Bridgewater with. Uh, they got to rebuild that defense because, you know, we, Luke Keefley, the leader of that defense, retired. So they got to rebuild that defense, but um, I don't think the no, the Panthers are not a playoff team. New Orleans Saints, yes, the Saints are a playoff team. They are the best team in this division. Uh, they bring back Drew Brees. He took a pay cut. They were able to add Emmanuel Sanders, a great slot receiver, good veteran slot receiver that knows what to do, that, you know, he'll learn the playbook. He'll adjust, he'll adjust to the Saints really quickly. I like this move by the Saints. Um, I still think they're the best team in this division. They have the best coach and quarterback tandem in this division. They'll win this division, and they'll make the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still a playoff team. Yes, I think the, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a playoff team. Uh, they have a fairly easy they have a they have a middle of the pack schedule. Not easy, not hard, not too difficult. Um, I think the the Buccaneers with their weapons that they have, you know, surrounded with Tom Brady, with Bruce Arians, and improving a, with an improving defense led by Todd Bowles, I do think the Buccaneers make the playoffs. They'll be they'll be a ten and sixteen, right behind the Saints, making the playoffs. Atlanta Falcons, no, they are not a playoff team. They have lost Desmond Trufant. They uh they they let go Devontae Freeman. They lost Vic Beasley. I do Austin Hooper. I do not think they're a playoff team. 
They're really solid, though. I like what they have, but they're solid. But this is a team that I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't think they're better than Tampa Bay, roster-wise. And I don't think they're better than the Saints, roster-wise. So I, I think they finished. Uh, I don't know where they finished in the NFC South, because that division will be really tough. But I, don't, I do not think they are a playoff team. And that caps my playoff teams. Those are my NFC playoff teams. Uh, Saints, 49ers, Seahawks. Saints, 49ers, Seahawks, Eagles, Green Bay Packers, Vikings. And I'm forgetting one? No, I'm not. That's it. And the Buccaneers. That is, those are my playoff teams. Okay, so I often think fans get this like misconstrued uh, when they say when they see talented players and you know a good team. They're like, "Oh, this player would match with this team, and this t- this this player would do well in this team, and this player would would play well under this coach." No, it, it's much it's much more difficult than that. And I always say this with my quarterbacks: um, you can go back and look at the last twenty. Go back, you can go back and look at the last fifteen years. That's the, the the team. You can go back and look at the teams that have been quite successful, and you can go back and look at the teams that have been um, somewhat somewhat successful. And then you can go back to the teams and look at. And you can go back in some teams and look at. They haven't been good at all. And you can go back and look at those quarterbacks and like that, that quarterback. Like you, you can look at Kansas, like organizations like Kansas City. Excuse me, Pittsburgh. Denver, uh, New England, the teams that have been fairly dominant uh, for the last few, for the you know, for the last fifteen years, their quarterbacks match their team. It's a perfect fit. It's a good fit. Even when Kansas City wasn't winning uh, Super Bowls with Alex Smith, they were still fairly dominant. They were they were year in year out. A consistent playoff team. They were a contender. Um, now you add Patrick. You add you you add Patrick Mahomes to the equation. You get you, you know with a young guy with his talent and with the you know the weapons that they have, that that can be the next NFL dynasty because that's how good he is. You know you can go you can go look at teams like the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Saints, teams that have been fairly good. Teams that have. Uh, that have that have seen some success, not as much as the Patriots, not as much as the Steelers in the last fifteen ish years or the Broncos, but those are teams that are still, you know, with their quarterbacks. They have had a good share of quarterbacks. Their their quarterbacks have often been good fits, and, and some of those teams and quarterbacks have won even won Super Bowls. Now you go you go look at Cleveland. You go look at the dumpster fires. They're just absolutely bad. You go back and look at the dumpster fires, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Detroit, Jacksonville, just bad, just bad, and you just bad. So 
and, and, and I heard this comment a lot about Cam Newton because there's a lot of Cam Newton fanboys. I heard this comment a lot, you know, or this, this, this idea being put out there a lot with Cam Newton and him and how that will equal, how, how Cam Newton going to New England will help him. I don't think it's a good fit. Cam Newton's talented. Bill Belichick, of course, is a great coach. It doesn't mean the two will work. When I think of Bill Belichick, and it's like a relationship. If you have, if you have two talkative people, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Because nobody's going to listen. Everybody's going to, both, both, both people are going to talk. Both, both people are going to talk. If you have two talkative people. Two people that like to speak their minds. But Cam Newton and, and Bill Belichick, I see, I don't, I don't think they fit. Bill Belichick is efficient. He's smart. He's quiet. He does things efficiently, effectively, the, as best as possible. Everything is pinpoint. It's strategic. Every move is strategical. With Cam Newton, I get fun, loose, athletic, loud, I get all the, I get all the signs that Belichick don't like, so I don't think Belichick and Brady or my fault. I don't think Belichick and Cam Newton would work. I don't think it would work. That's just me, and I know that idea has been thrown out there a lot with Cam Newton possibly going to the Patriots and the Patriots signing Cam Newton. I wouldn't like it at all, and I don't think Bill Belichick would do such a thing because they don't fit. The two don't fit. The two don't fit. I don't think, I, when I think of Belichick, I don't think of fun, loose, charismatic, jolly. I don't think of those things. I think of quick, efficient, trustworthy, you know, mature. When I think of Cam, I think of all those things with Cam. Fun, loose, not efficient, not effective. Athlete, like I just don't, I just don't think it's a good match for the two. I just don't think the two a match. Talented athlete in Cam Newton and a good coach and a good coach in Bill Belichick, but I don't think the two bond. I don't see the two matching and fitting together. I just don't. That's just me. That's just me how I feel about the two. Uh, and then you know, I heard I heard that being thrown out there a lot. By the way, um, more news came out about the NBA in this season. It's not looking too good. It's not looking too good. Uh, the, the NBA, they continue to they they want to continue to bring optimism and say, hey, we we think, you know, once the CDC, once health organizations, once health officials, once health officials give the okay to play, that's where they re, that's where they resume play. But if that's not until August, the NBA is not coming back. The NBA not the NBA is not coming back. And one report I saw I, I saw a report, and this made me think. So ninety percent. So there's only nine players in the NBA. There's nine players in the NBA that will only see ninety percent of their salary. You know who those nine players are. It's LeBron, AD, 
John Wall. It's LeBron AD, Catavius Caldwell Pope, Ben Simmons. All those guys are under clutch sports. All those guys are managed by Rich Paul. Been told you guys about I've been told you guys about Rich Paul and how much power and how much power LeBron James holds, how much weight LeBron James holds. Just thought that was an interesting point. Only nine players in the NBA, out of all the thirty teams, only nine players will receive ninety percent of their salary, and all nine players are managed by Clutch Sports and Rich Paul. Think about that. <clears throat> Just think about that. Uh, so now I saw, so I, I saw another report from an anonymous GM talking about Amari Cooper and his contract. Now, mind you, Amari Cooper for $20 million per year, don't love it. Because at that point, the only, he's the second highest paid receiver in football. The only receiver that is making more money than Amari Cooper is Julio Jones, rightfully so. But I can name two or three more receivers that I think are better than Amari Cooper. I'm talking about Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, mostly and mainly. So GM came out and said, okay, uh, Amari Cooper, he's not a big... And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, I'm not reading this word by word, but I'm paraphrasing. The, the anonymous GM basically said, Amari Cooper, $20 million? He's questioning that. He said he would have paid Amari Cooper $15 million per year. He's not, he's not a difference maker, basically. And, and when you're talking about difference makers, you think of Antonio Brown. He's not a difference maker like Antonio Brown. Now, when I thought about this, I said, true. I would not be paying Amari Cooper $20 million, neither, because I don't think he's worth $20 million. When I think of God, well, I'm not going to say that because you're worth with what somebody is willing to pay you. That's another thing with these contracts. People talking about what you're worth, what you're worth, what you're worth. You're only worth what somebody is willing to pay you. You can't say I'm worth $25 million and nobody's willing to pay you that. You can't say, you can't, you can't say that. You can't say you're worth that amount and, don't, and people don't want to pay it. So with Amari Cooper, yes, I agree, with the, I agree with the anonymous GM statement. He's not worth 15, he's not worth $20 million. $15 million per year, sure. But $20 million per year, don't love it at all. Don't love it. I think the Cowboys, they, they had to do it because they gave up, you know, they gave up a decent amount for Amari Cooper, but I do not think he is worth $20 million per year. He, he all he, he's and he's for the most part he's fairly consistent, but I don't think I don't think Amari Cooper is a guy in the same sentence. He's not in the same conversation as a Michael Thomas or as a DeAndre Hopkins or a Julio Jones. Certainly not. I don't think he's in that conversation. But what I also do want to highlight is there is value in trustworthiness. And here goes my point about Antonio Brown. Yes, it's about talent. Amari Cooper may not be as talented or he may not be as good as Antonio Brown. He may not be as a different, he, he may not be as big as a difference maker as Antonio Brown. But he is trustworthy. And 
not only not only he's trustworthy, but the the, the, the anonymous GM, and this is where I tend to disagree with half of his statement. It's it, he's making it with his wordage, his verbiage that he uses. Uh, I don't know if you you guys can Google it, but I, I paraphrase it. But the verbiage that is used to describe Amari Cooper and his play, it makes it seem like he's a scrub, and he's not a scrub. He's just not. He's not a scrub, but he's just not those top level guys. He's not Michael Thomas and and, and DeAndre Hopkins and Julio or even Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown is an all world talent. Yes, he is. But his attitude, his actions, his gimmicks, his antics are ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. And I think there is there is value to that. There is value to that. And we can and like I said. You're only worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Amar, and Amari Cooper got his money. The, the, the Cowboys value Amari Cooper very heavily. They, you know, they, they, you know, twenty million dollars. That might be a little bit too much. One could argue, and I, 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 and I, I, I'm that one that would argue that. But that's what he's worth to the Cowboys. But I look on the flip side with Antonio Brown. He's not worth Jack right now because nobody wants him. Teams are not lining up to sign AB. Even with him being an all-world talent, even with him being a generational type talent and being really good and really dominant at the sport, at his position, nobody's lining up for Antonio Brown. I wonder why. Why, why isn't anybody lining up for Antonio Brown? It's because of his behavior. The behavior matters. The off-the-field antics matter. They matter. And I think with people, we, and I'm, I'm surprised with this anonymous executive, I'm surprised that that is not brung up in his statement, his argument. He's talking about the on-the-field play, but I thought off-the-field mattered as well. I think that matters. I, 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 I mean, at least in my book, I weigh that very heavily. I, I weigh it. I, I, it's 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 a big part of my book, the off on the field and off the field behavior. And Antonio Brown's has not been great. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but it hasn't been great. It has not been great. So, you know, when you have younger receivers in high school and in, in collegiate sports and collegiate football, you're setting an example. Of what not to do and what not to be and what not to do off the field and the antics. And Amari Cooper, off the field, you don't hear much about him. Off the field, he doesn't have all the antics. He doesn't come with all the baggage. Amari Cooper may not be the talent, the all-world talent that, um, that Antonio Brown is, but who would you have taking your team? You wanna, if, you wanna, if you want a good locker room guy, you want a good locker room guy, but you also want production, who are you going to take? Amari Cooper, uh, Antonio Brown's off-the-field antics, they outweigh his, his talent. And his talent is tremendous, but they outweigh it because he is so bad, he has behaved so poorly, so immaturely off the field that we've been talking about his off-the-field antics more than what he's doing on the field, which is a distraction, which is a problem. 
And is he trustworthy? No. Amari Cooper's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. You put him, you, you, you can put him in any situation. You can trust him to be there at practice, the games, ready. Ready to be selfless inside the locker room. And also, he can maximize himself to his best abilities. I, 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 I count those things. In my book, I count those things really heavily. That's why I'm so hard on Baker. That's why I'm so hard on Baker. That's why I'm so hard on Baker. Because I look at the off-the-field antics. I look at the things that you're doing off the field. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the grabbing the crotch and you know, the video. But I'm just saying, you know, the, the, the endorsements. I look at all of those things. Antonio Brown... I think he's, in my, in, in my opinion, if you want my personal opinion, I think he's dealing with a case of CTE. We won't find out because we can't go in his brain while he's living, but I think he's dealing with a case with CTE. We just don't know about it. But, 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 a, but AB, you know, this, I'm, 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 just so, I'm just so appalled by this executive that has uh, made this statement. Um, and, and some of it, the, like the first half of it, I agree with it because, yes, okay, Amari Cooper, is he worth $20 million? Would you pay him $20 million? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 15 seems more fair. But then to go in, you know, the spiel about how, you know, he, I think the, the, the description, that's what really gets me because you're making it seem like he can't play worth a lick. He doesn't deserve to be a cow. He, like, you're making it seem like he can't play a lick, which is not plausible. Amari Cooper can obviously play. He's a number one receiver in this league. And he's the Cowboys' number one receiver. Um, so that's what I think about, um, you know, Amari Cooper's contract. You know, the Cowboys, they have a lot. They have, and the Cowboys have a lot of contracts similar to this where, you know, they, might have, they may have overpaid for – they may have overpaid for a particular player, you know, at a particular position. But that's neither here nor there. But that's what I mean by Marco. I mean, you know, he's trustworthy. His behavior is fine. Off the field, you don't hear nothing about him. I'd rather take his talent with his off the field, with his off the field behavior than AB's all-time talent. Great. He's great. But his talent, but off the field, behavior-wise, the antics, don't love him. Never been that type of guy. And this leads to my point about, or well, not leads to my point, but this is also another point that I want to make about how, look at, look at, look at, look at the Javion Clowney. We're talking about Cam Newton. We're talking about Jameis Winston. We're talking about all these quarterbacks. We're talking about all these quarterbacks, but there's a lot of talented defensive players that's still in the open market. Clowney has never been a, a Clowney, Clowney has never been a high sack guy. He hasn't had, he's never had double-digit sacks. Fail, he gets hurt often. Yes, he, he does have a highlight. He is a highlight reel. He's a walking highlight reel. But there's not many defensive players that I'm really paying top dollar for. I'm sorry. Because I, I, I think I went over this, uh, I think I went over this la- during, the la- during football season last year. I talked about J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, big-time defensive player. But he's not even worth a point. When Vegas is trying to calculate the odds, when Vegas is trying to pick these games, J.J. Watt 
is not worth a point. He's not worth a point. So why would a guy that's not worth a point, why would I pay him top dollar? Yes, J.J. Watt is a, he, he puts up great numbers. But, like, the only defensive guys that I'm really paying top dollar for, guys like Aaron Donald, Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, these other guys, Clowney, Clowney's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good DN. He's a good DN, but $20 million for Clowney? No. It's the reason why he lowered his price. Twenty million dollars for Clowney? No, never been a never been a pro, never been never been a high volume sack guy. He never had double digit sacks. Inconsistent, you know. He can stop the run, but he's a highlight reel. But he gets hurt often. I would have to say that he often gets hurt. So what? 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 What am I paying for? That's what I'm saying. When I'm, if you, if you, if you're gonna build your team, and I think some of these teams, look at this, look at the teams. I'm paying for a quarterback. I'm paying for a left tackle. I'm paying for a guy to get to the pass rusher, and I'm paying for a guy that can stop somebody. DN, you know, a DN that doesn't, that doesn't, that never had a double digit sack year. Kind of hard to pay you twenty million dollars. Kind of hard to pay you $20 million. And you play alongside J.J. Watt. You play inside alone, J.J. Watt never had, never been a high sack guy. Kind of hard to pay you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my, but it's kind of hard to pay you. So that wraps this bad boy up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, keep you guys, hope you guys continue to um, practice social distancing, continue to quarantine, um, you know, Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, hope you guys stay inside, stay home, uh, sanitize. Sanit- sanitation is big. Please, please do that. Continue to stay healthy. Um, also, remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Pieces, deuce. See you guys. Thank you for listening.